We're joined right now by a columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle, partner at Backstage Media. He is the author of several books, including All Things Possible, which profiles Kurt Warner. He is Mike Silver. Mike, always good to talk to you. What's up, brother? How you doing? Great, Jim. How are you? Good, good, Mike. Great to have you. Thanks so much. So the headline for your latest column in the Chronicle reads, Why You Shouldn't Blame Kyle Shanahan for the 49ers Super Bowl Loss. Listen, I understand that you don't write the headlines for the paper, and I'm not putting this loss on him, but make your case for us. Why should we not put the loss on Kyle? Well, if you read the column, it's really in the context of his other Super Bowl uh, experiences. He was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, of course, in Super Bowl 51. He's, I believe, has received a disproportionate share of the blame for that 28-3 lead that uh, disappeared in the third quarter and fourth quarter and the overtime loss to Tom Brady. That's on the head coach, but for whatever reason, uh, Kyle Shanahan and not Dan Quinn has kind of been the poster child for that. Uh, four years ago against the Chiefs, they did have a 10-point fourth-quarter lead midway through the fourth quarter and lost that game. Uh, I, I, I thought he coached a pretty good game. You know, two games ago, they beat the Packers in the first round. I, I kind of criticized the way he coached it in-game. Didn't think he was getting after it. Was. Uh, but in this one, look, yeah, trick play touchdown. Uh, he really, uh, you know, went for it on the fourth and three in the fourth quarter, and that led to a touchdown. And then had the game managed perfectly at the end with that slow drive at the end of regulation. If they uh, convert that third and four, I think it was, uh, late in regulation after the two minute warning, they bleed out that clock and probably kick a field goal at the very end. So, uh, you know, sometimes you coach it well and you get, you go up against Patrick Mahomes and a great defense and it doesn't work out. But we all want to blame somebody. I would blame Patrick Mahomes for this one. I think that's all fair. Mike Silver joining us. And Mike, what about the fact that much has been made of the new postseason overtime rules and how they may have impacted the outcome of the game? Where do you come out on Kyle's decision to take the ball to start OT? Do you have any issue with that? And then what do you make of his players, a number of them actually, saying they didn't even know about the new overtime rules? Well, it's it's a great debate, and I think it's a fair debate. Uh, and I've, I've gone back and forth. Uh, I think I'm on Kyle's side of it slightly, but it's a tough call. Uh, from his perspective, if you score and they match, then it's sudden death, and you absolutely want the ball uh, like it was the original overtime rules, right? You, especially against Patrick Mahomes. So if you score a touchdown, they score a touchdown, your ball at sudden death, save with two field goals. That's presuming that everybody goes for one and makes it. Uh, also, the defense was very tired at that point, so it keeps your defense off the field initially. The counter-argument, and it's a good one, is uh, whatever you do uh, or whatever the team does that goes first, if you're second, that knowledge helps you. You know when four downs are in play. You know what you have to do, and you can always go for two, even if they score a touchdown, and settle it right there. I, I think it's a pretty fair debate. I probably would skew on his side of it. Uh, as far as the second question and players not knowing, I'm on my way down there right now, and we're going to get to talk to, to players. 
Honestly, I'm pretty surprised. Uh, I know how smart Kyle Shanahan is and how well-prepared that team is and how many smart players are in that locker room. Uh, it's bizarre to me that they would come out and admit that they didn't know the rule. And I will add this last part. The fact that players don't know the rule and even I didn't know for sure that when that clock was ticking down at the end and Andy Reid wasn't calling timeout that it would just toll to another overtime period, I think we need to improve the rule. And I've been saying this for a long time. If you can't explain to me in one sentence what the overtime rule is, it's a bad rule, especially with a Super Bowl on the line. I understand they've tweaked it because it hasn't been perfect. I still don't think it's perfect if we are having this conversation. You know, to that point, though, Mike, it, it seemed like Kansas City had no trouble understanding the rule. Well, yeah, except Nicole Hardman apparently didn't know it because Patrick Mahomes said that when Hardman got the touchdown, he was, you know, baffled by the fact that it was uh, that kind of celebration. So, you know, look, your players don't necessarily have to know the rule because presumably they are trying desperately to score a touchdown or prevent it in any context. But um, it does sound like Andy Reid practiced that scenario as far back as training camp, and Kyle Shanahan didn't. So I think two things could be true. Uh, I thought Kyle coached a really good game. They were in position to win. And when you get into a tight game against Patrick Mahomes with those stakes, often or almost always Patrick Mahomes wins. But I I am curious to talk to some players right now because I'm very surprised that uh, Kyle Shanahan wouldn't have drilled that into them just as part of what he always does because his preparation is as good as there is in the league in terms of opponent-specific week-to-week game plans, and obviously this was a, an element of, of that week. No, you and I are on the same page, Mike. I agree. I'm not saying that's why they lost. I'm saying it's kind of unfathomable to me that they didn't know the rules, but to McCole Hardman, I don't know that he knew the rule either, rule either because he said he blocked out, and watching him running around, <laughs> he didn't look like he blocked out. He looked like he didn't know the game was over, and then Patrick set him straight. And, Mike, to your point that if you want to blame somebody – blame Patrick Mahomes for being Patrick Mahomes. Let me ask you this. You've covered all the major sports. You've written a book, a number of books, but you wrote a book on Dennis Rodman. So if we're looking for a comp, say, between the NBA and the NFL, you know those great Bulls teams. Do you see a parallel between Michael Jordan and Patrick Mahomes when it comes to how ruthless they are in closing out games? Sure. I mean, I, I, you know, Jimi Hendrix, like I'm looking for comps. You know, who's the best of all time uh, in anything? And I'm not saying he's the best of all time yet, but he's on that level. Uh, You know, look, he's been a starter for six years. Twice he's lost in overtime of the AFC Championship game. Once when, under the old rules, Brady got the ball first and scored a touchdown, and that was after the D Ford neutral zone uh, once against the Bengals and Burrow, and then he lost one Super Bowl when his offensive line was decimated. Every other important game, he's won, uh, and that's crazy. Uh, he's 28 years old. His temperament is amazing. Uh, he's, as you said, ruthless like Jordan or Steph or uh, Brady or Montana and so many others, and 
his physical skills are also Jordan-esque. Uh, I, I don't know if it translated on TV, and I'm going to have to go back and watch. But I'm just going to tell you, that ball he threw back across his body to Hardman right before the Pacheco fumble, a uh, 52-yard completion from left to right, perfectly arcing into the receiver's arms with two DBs in the area. That's one of the greatest plays I've ever seen live. I, that, seeing it from those dimensions, it was unfathomable. And that's just one thing he did in this game. But uh, I hope the people who got to experience it that live uh, agree with me because that was just uh, – I don't even know too many quarterbacks who would have attempted that throw, you know, your Elway, your Favre types. But to actually put it in that spot was uh, just wild. You know what it was? It was sublime. Mike Silver joining us. Hey, Mike, go back to that point about Hendricks. Since you mentioned him, let me ask you. Hendricks, Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page, Eddie Van Halen. Who am I missing? Is Hendricks on the top of that list? Come on, man. You know we got to talk about Jerry, given my uh, lineage. There are a lot of amazing other guitarists. I, I want to, you know, I would I would put Santana in there, uh, among others. But I, to me, Hendrix is the all-time great, and uh, to me, Montana is. But Brady's got the rings, and Mahomes is far from done. Mike, what is that? Is that partly generational? Like, you and I are close in age. We came up covering the same things. Man, we were in that Joe era. We were in that Joe era like a lot of people were in that MJ era and didn't understand yeah. MJ until they saw the last dance. There's something about Joe. Now, you're a Bay Area guy. You were close to it. Is that... Are, are you being really objective? And believe me, I would love... Joe's my guy. I love Joe. Why Joe over Tom Brady? Well, two things. First of all, the magic. Uh, when it came to magical moments, uh, he is unsurpassed. And that started at Notre Dame with the Chicken Soup game. It started in 19, or it continued in 1980 when they were down 35-7 to the States. We all know about the catch. There's the lost classic 83 NFC Championship game in Washington. Brought him back from 21 nothing of the fourth. And then they lost on some dubious calls. Uh, the Super Bowl drive, the 92 yards and a lot of others I'm not talking about. There was just a sense that the game was never lost. And then the second thing I would say, and and listen, Brady is the most ruthless competitor I've ever seen in football, and I'm not trying to say Brady's not the greatest. Uh, To me, the rules have changed so much. And this is similar to when we talk about the NBA, and you go, are we playing two-man ISO under the old zone defense rules, or is it – Today's rules, where Steph has clearly uh, helped change it, uh, under the rules that Joe Montana, Dan Marino, John Elway, Johnny Unitas, uh, Otto Graham, you know, those people played under, you could hit the quarterback after two steps. Receivers could be manhandled. And I think they would have, it's unassailable that they would have had better numbers and longer careers and fewer injuries. Uh, under today's rules. So I'm not saying, look, if Dan Marino played today, he would have thrown for 6,000 yards, but he might have. Yeah, I was going to say he may have. 
He may have, no doubt. Mike Silver joining us. Mike, before you go, this was not conditional, but I saw this and I want to ask you about this. You're a partner at Backstage Media, as I mentioned, which develops unscripted content across numerous platforms, including Skywalker. It's a basketball doc on David Thompson. Now, those who are old enough to know or those who know, know, but what motivated you to work up a doc on David Thompson? What can you tell me about that? Well, you know, you, you, you go back to our era, right? Um, you know, he was the Skywalker. He was kind of, you know, pre-Jordan, unbelievable athleticism. But, uh, you know, more than that, uh, he was the guy who beat Bill Walton in the Final Four, uh, improbably for North Carolina State. Uh, and then in the NBA, with a scoring title on the line, dropped 73 points. Uh, and, you know, was a Hall of Fame player, but also kind of got sucked into that tragic 80s uh, you know, zone with the drugs and uh, helped, you know, helped facilitate his uh, demise as a player. And, and then there's kind of a happy ending. Uh, so it, it's a really great story. But, uh, you know, before Jordan, there was Dr. J, there was David Thompson. There were people who were able to above the rim and, and elevate both figuratively and literally and I think it's going to take people back to a, a time that was pretty cool. Skywalker was incredible. Mike Silver is a columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle, also a partner at Backstage Media, and he's got a job to do, so I'm going to let you do it. Mike, great to have you on. Always appreciate you, dude. Thank you very much. Great job. Thanks a lot, Jim. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, dude. Always have Mike Silver joining us. Another quality conversation, breaking it down.